what is the soul? What? This is a quick uh, rundown of the soul, like my knowledge of it, like a little bit. We, uh, right now, if you're sitting down, you have a physical body. So you have legs, arms, belly and a chest, you have eyes. All right, now in the same place as your physical body is where you are as a spirit as well. So you're a physical body and a spirit and you have a soul. So you're, if your physical body died right now and fell out of the chair, you might just sit there as a spirit and you could look down and see your legs and they look pretty much exactly the same. And your arms, they're pretty much exactly the same and they're pretty much exactly the same size. Although after we die, sometimes God makes us as a spirit smaller. I think the most humble among all the spirits are often made much shorter. The most proud are often made taller so they can feel superior. But in general, we're pretty much the exact same fucking size. With women, you know, they might not care as much about this as men. Men might want to be big and look scary, often because they're not that dangerous. They just want to look dangerous. Um, our soul is something that you might find at the peripheral, or actually I'd say the periphery of your body. So now if your body was a flat two-dimensional object, like a piece of paper, and if you drew it, like if you laid down on the ground and drew a chalk line of your body, we're not talking about death, but we kind of are, I guess. I'm not thinking about death. And then stood up. What you could do is now do, do that same line again. Draw another line a couple inches inside of your uh, chalk line, maybe an inch or something, and trace it. And then what you have is that outer space, you could fill that in with white chalk. That's where your soul might be. Now, if you're holy, your soul is white. And if you're unholy, your soul is black. This isn't the same as African and American or something like that. It's not the same. Skin color has to do with melanin in our skin. It's not, black people aren't unholy. Okay, I wanna make it really clear. King David had black skin or dark skin. And uh, other men and women have had light skin. Uh, someone with Caucasian skin can be evil or righteous or good. And we all have Caucasian skin. It's just that some of us have more melanin in our skin. Think about it like this. If you had white paper, you could dip it in ink. If, it's in a, if you put a little bit of ink on it, now it might be slightly less white. If you put a lot of ink on it, it might look almost black or brown. If you put a shitload of ink on it and let it soak for a while, you might pull it out and it might be pitch black. But it's still the same piece of paper. All that's different is there's ink. And so on our skin, we have uh, melanin and it makes our skin look lighter or darker. But with our soul, when I see it, a white soul is holy. And there are black men in heaven that are holy. And there are white men in heaven that are holy. And there are white men in heaven that are unholy. But Lucifer is predominantly white. His skin is kind of a light brown. You might say golden, but I think it's more of a light brown. But it's mostly like a very light brown compared to like black men. But compared to a white man, we might say it's light brown. So let's just say it's light brown because we're all Caucasian. Lucifer's, uh, he hates black people but he also hates white people. He hates Chinese people. He hates African people. He hates Irish people. He hates everyone. As far as I know, Lucifer hates everyone. He hates the Antichrist and he hates the false prophet and they hate him and they hate each other. Wicked men seem to hate everyone and they seem to love no one but themselves. So when we talk about holy and unholy, what we're talking about is our soul in part. Our spirit can be holy and our flesh can be holy. 
our soul is kind of there on the periphery of our body, but our body isn't flat. Our soul is in front of us. You might say it's pretty much inside of our body, but it's where our chest is and our belly, where our back is. If you're a woman and you have, if you're a woman, you have breasts, and you have a, you have soul in your breasts. Your breasts have soul, ladies. <laughs> Men, you have a dick and you have balls. You have soul in your dick and balls, and women don't. So it's different for males and females. We have a male soul and a female soul in certain ways. And also it's the shape of our body, pretty much. And it's inside of our body. So these wicked men, they want to eat your soul. I think mostly just because they're wicked. They want to eat your flesh. They want to eat your soul. They want to eat your spirit. They want to eat anything that they can find because it's violent and it's filthy. They also want to accuse God and say, God, you can't stop me. They know God can. The Antichrist, the false prophet, and the devil, they beg God day and night to help them. They beg him day and night for power. They beg him day and night to fix their problems that they caused and to make things easy for them. In fact, among all the things they beg God for, they might beg him day and night most for this one thing, to make things easy for them. Wicked men and women want life to be easy all the time everything's too hard for them. If they have to wash their hands, it's too hard. The false prophet is so fucking lazy and filthy, he doesn't even want to wash his hands. He wants his hands to be dirty. You might say unclean. He, he might have someone else wash his hands or dry his hands for him. In fact, he doesn't even want the water to touch him. He's so filthy. He might have someone with a damp cloth pat his hands because it's too fucking hard for him. Wicked men and women are so fucking lazy, you wouldn't believe it. And the righteous might be real fucking hard working, but not always. Hard workers are not always righteous. They could be a fucking methamphetamine user. It works hard, you know, 10 hours a day driving a, you know, a truck, like a trucker, a long haul truck or something, driving around the country or delivering apples or Amazon packages to warehouses. And then they might work five hours a day cooking meth and two hours selling it. It's not righteous to do, to, to do a lot of that shit. So being hardworking doesn't mean they're righteous. It might mean that they're fucking weird. Evil and wicked men are really weird. Who would want to work 10 hours and then seven more hours just so they could make a few more dollars and then eventually use those drugs and be so fucking high on drugs that they wreck a semi-truck on the freeway and spill apples all over I-5 in Los Angeles where there's seven lanes of traffic and now somebody has to stop every fucking car on the road and pick up apples. And it takes 30 police cars to clean up this fucking mess and all the other car wrecks that might happen. I mean, wicked men and women are fucking weird. So, what is up with this soul magic? Lucifer calls it magic, and that's why I say it. We might think of magic as something kids look at, and it's a deception. Wicked men want you to hear the word magic and laugh when you hear it, because they might say, well, that's for children. I'll give you an example. What if you lived in another world, not the earth? And then they made a joke about murder. And what if they said murder was all sparkles and unicorns for little fairy tales? And then let's say they did human trafficking and they took men and women secretly. They kidnapped them. And no one knew what happened. And then they murdered them when no one could see them. Then, if you went there and you looked and you said, what in the fuck? 
murder's wrong. They might say, murder's a fairy tale, you jokester. That's for children. That's sparkles and unicorns. It's a fairy tale for little kids. You might say, no, what they're doing is called human trafficking. They're taking men and women and children to secret places where no one can see it, and then they rape them and kill them. It's called murder. It's called rape and murder. <coughs> they might say, no, that's not what rape is. Rape is a sparkly white horse with a spiral horn on its head. You might say, that's a unicorn. They say, no, we call it, a, we call it rape. Rape is a sparkly white horse with a uh, spiraled horn on its head. And murder is uh, something we see in children's stories. It's when someone does magic. You might say, this is fucking absurd. Who would believe this? Men and women in the earth. You think magic is for children. But men that steal mothers and fathers and children, put them in a van or a fucking U-Haul uh, type truck, a cargo truck, drive them to secret locations and take them underground into basements on the first floor usually. And then they're violently raped and murdered. And when they're murdered, they do something called soul magic. And you might say, I don't believe that. I just explained it to you. You think it's a fucking fairy tale. You think it's a white sparkle horse with a spiraled horn on its head. You think it's for children. You've been deceived. So soul magic is when they uh, rape a girl. Lucifer thinks the most evil and wicked thing he can do might be to rape a seven-year-old girl, which he's done. And while she's alive and he's raping her, he sticks a knife in her flesh and starts cutting her so that she bleeds off of a table onto a pentagram on the floor. He wants to watch her blood drip out of her arms and her legs and her belly and her chest onto a pentagram on the floor while his dick is inside the seven-year-old girl. He wants her to say his name. He wants her to say Lucifer, Satan, Belial. Those are names he calls himself. And before she dies, he wants to take that knife and start carving her leg bones out of her legs. He wants to remove the bones while she's alive. And he wants to imprison her soul in something called bone magic. Bone magic is the worst possible fate you could possibly imagine. And even the angels thought it wasn't real until they saw it. Lucifer calls it bone magic, but if you want, you can call it soul, excuse me, soul imprisonment after death. Lucifer believes that if he violently rapes a little girl and causes her a lot of pain, that it's easier to steal, to steal her soul. If she's in pain, he thinks it's easier to imprison her spirit. He knows that she's in a lot of pain and she's in fear when he's raping her. She might be in a little pain, probably a lot of pain. She's seven years old. He's strong as fuck. Angels are far stronger than any man in the earth by far. Angels can easily pick up a pickup truck and throw it. They're so strong. In fact, angels are so strong that if they threw a pickup truck, if they didn't carefully grab it on the frame or something, when they grabbed it, the whole thing might buckle like a fucking beer can. They're so fucking strong. If they grabbed it on the bumper, they might tear the back half of the truck off the truck on accident. 
They're so fucking strong. And so Lucifer's here manhandling a seven-year-old girl, raping her, and then he pulls out a knife and starts cutting her so she bleeds. And now she's in more pain and she's afraid. And when she's in pain and she's afraid, Lucifer thinks this might help. With what you call unicorns and fairy tales. This is unicorns and fairy tales, men and women. For the devil, this is a unicorn fairy tale for little girls. You might think it's nice to talk to them about magic and to dress them up like ghouls. You might want to see your seven-year-old girl covered in fake blood on Halloween, bleeding out of her arms and her face. Lucifer wants to see this too. He wants to tie her to a table. He wants to cut her face until there's blood and gashes and her skin is peeled apart by a knife. This is a fairy tale for little girls. This is unicorns and sparkles on a cartoon. You think it's a fable. Men in the earth do this. Women don't have a dick, but there are women involved in this. They go and find little girls and bring them. They say, hi, I'm a grandma, come with me. And they bring them to grandma's house or another house typically, or to a white van or to the back of a U-Haul truck or a truck that's similar. They say, come with me, I'm a nice, safe grandma, come on in. And they take these little girls to basements where men are. And you might one day see a whole bunch of little girls with a grandma and you might think, oh, how sweet. They're out for a field day. Maybe they'll see a fairy tale with unicorns and they'll see a story with magic. And they might go to a basement where a wicked man rapes them, manhandles them, cuts their face and their arms and their legs and watches their blood drip onto a pentagram on the floor. And before they die, starts to remove bones, a bone out of their legs, their lower leg, their upper leg. Typically, I think it's a leg bone, maybe the upper arm bone, but I think they typically die before their arm bones are removed, so they don't do that as much. But they'll try anyways to do the soul magic, a fairy tale for little girls. Mother and father might find out later that the little girl's missing. They might put up posters. You might see her face on a milk carton. The police might search. Her leg bone might be in the basement under a Freemason lodge. With little girls, fairy tales happen. Or it's magic, bone magic. Once this happens, that spirit can't get away. No matter where that spirit goes, they can control that spirit in this strange way and hurt that spirit in a strange way. If the spirit tries to get away, they can hurt the spirit. Now, there's no profit in this. They'll tell the spirit, go and kill. The spirit can't kill. The spirit doesn't know what to do. Bone magic destroys their spirit and destroys their soul. That becomes a twisted abomination. Think of it like a grape that's dried. It becomes like a raisin. It becomes dried and miserable. I've rescued men and women from bone magic over and over again. Today, I've done it twice. In part. Because God doesn't want me to stop it. I think he wants his angels to stop it. Maybe he told the Antichrist and the false prophet to stop it. Maybe he told the other men and women I told you about, the primordials is what I call them, because they like, like, a lot of the men and women that are God like gave speed and strength. I talked about th talked about that earlier. Like they died five minutes later. God gave them a body like an angel and made them strong and fast. Uh, 
maybe God expects them to do it. And they call them primordials because they think a lot about like before existence. You know, like they might have lived 4,000 years ago. And they're like, well, okay, well, where, where was I before that? Was there like a primordial existence before the universe? They think about interesting things like that, like philosophers. They're really cool to talk to about that kind of shit. And uh, it's a fun, like, you know, like garden party conversation with them. Maybe God wants them to go do something about it. So maybe I have to wait again, as I often do. And so these spirits, they're stuck in something called bone magic. Men that do this, they do it over and over again. When it stops working, I think they're confused because they don't really know what's happening with spirits. Men and women of the earth, they're like, are spiritual things real? Where's the spirit? I have a bone in my hand. Witchcraft is similar. They take animals' feathers and shit and they try to imprison the animal's spirit and soul. And I've tried to put it into that over and over again. God hasn't let me. And I don't know why. If you read the book of Genesis chapter 1, Baptists, you'll read that spirits are alive. They have a soul. They're alive. God gave them life. They're called, trees are called him or he. They're male and they're alive. They have a spirit. So Lucifer wants to control spirits. He wants to control something so he can turn to God and say, look God. I defied you and you didn't stop me. And then spirits in heaven, they've learned to be like Lucifer, including Eve, the first woman. Maybe she even thought of some of these things. Maybe Lucifer learned from her, I don't know. Maybe I got that backwards. But many of the spirits in heaven, they try to be like Lucifer. And they wanted to go to God and say, look God, I controlled something and you didn't stop me. I did something wicked and wrong and you didn't stop me. I defied you. Lucifer wants you to do this so that you can recruit for him an army. Why would Lucifer do this? He wants an army. And if you think Lucifer has power, you might think to serve him. You might think Lucifer will beat God someday. And you're wrong. God is the most badass motherfucker ever to walk the face of the motherfucking universe. Lucifer's been cast out of heaven. Oh, at least once. At least twice. I don't know how many times. Lucifer didn't cast himself out. God did. God is almighty. He can do all things. So bone magic is one of the worst fates imaginable. After I've rescued these spirits and they were brought to heaven, a number of them, uh, in fact, all of them were so fucking atrociously um, horrified by this that what they did is they fucking stood there stationary and didn't even want to speak. I've, I've spoken to them. I gave them two or three minutes of peace with some sort of spiritual things that I can do. It's like the experience of being in a peaceful, safe, happy, pleasant place, but mostly just peace and calm with a mix of, you know, safety mixed in there. And after that, they want to be alone for two or three more weeks before I do it again. When I do this, they don't want to see me because I am a man. I am a male and they don't trust men because men hurt them. And there isn't one man or one woman in the entire godforsaken universe that helps them except for me. So what I do is a trick, an illusion. It's almost a lie. Instead of appearing to them as a male, I look like I'm a spirit, just like them. I appear as a female, a woman. I'll wear a pretty dress, long hair, 
I talk to them in a sweet and gentle voice from far away until they're curious and they want me to come closer. And I speak to them. And it's like they're learning again how to talk to someone and how to trust someone, even in the slightest. No one else does this. They're alone. I've tried to find other men and women in heaven who will do this, and you'd actually be surprised. There are some that occasionally from time to time do this, men or women. You'll be surprised that some of them are celebrities that you knew in the earth. Bruce Lee would do it. He's bold as fuck. But uh, might be a little bit too like forthcoming to uh, talk to them. It might be a little overwhelming because he's, you know, a fucking warrior. <laughs> but uh, Buddha, Gautama Buddha, he actually is in heaven now. You won't believe this, but when Buddha died, he actually wanted to be in Nirvana because he enjoyed meditation. And God is the one that enlightened Buddha. And Buddha knew it in the earth. The Almighty God did this. The Lord of Israel, God of the Christians, the only God. So Buddha got to sit in Nirvana for 2,000 years approximately, maybe more. And he's returned to heaven. And now he's speaking to men and women. And God made him a prophet. The Buddha speaks the words of prophecy. Buddha might do it. And I'll tell you also, he's busy as fuck. The few of us that will actually even speak to God's children are so goddamned busy day and night that we can't do enough whether it's in the earth or in heaven at least in the earth from time to time men and women do speak about things that are important to them liberals obviously they want to kill their babies and take the guns republicans you know they want to get everyone to vote for a republican hoping a Republican will fix it all. Maybe they want to change the laws. And a lot of us want to do more. But at least in the earth, some men and women speak about things that are important. In the heavens, they're mostly silent. And I think it's because for the last 3,200 years, the devil's been taking up all the air in the room. God gave Lucifer the ability to speak to millions at the same time. At any moment, Lucifer could be speaking to 100 million men, men and women, and he never shuts the fuck up. God gave the Antichrist the ability to do this. And he gave the false prophet the ability to do this. And I think before I started to do this, before I was born, I think God told these three men that a man will be born, Dale Travis Maynard by name, the Messiah chosen by God. And he'll fix everything in the entire God-forsaken universe. And I've done it over and over and over again. And all the angels in the heavens can't stop me. All the wicked and evil spirits that live that are not yet in hell can't stop me. And the Antichrist and the false prophet and the devil can't stop me. And from time to time, God stops me. And I think what he does is he grabs those wicked motherfuckers, Lucifer, the Antichrist, and the false prophet, and says, look at my Messiah. He just fixed everything again. He's in the midst of fixing everything right now. And as soon as I allow him, he'll fix it all again. And again and again, until it's perfect. And the entire universe, forever and ever. Over and over again, I've done this. I've organized the righteous angels in war until every evil angel and every wicked angel was cut down, dead. And 
God made more children. And some of those angels chose to be evil. Some chose to be righteous. And over and over again, as the evil angels and wicked angels fall dead, I go to heaven where the evil angels are. And I try to compel them to repent and teach them about God. Things they've never heard because they heard the words of Lucifer. And many of them repented of murder. A common sin among angels. Murderers. I don't call them evil angels anymore because they're not murdering. I don't hold a grudge against them. I don't slander them when I speak to the other angels. I know some of their names. I don't say, here's angel number four. Still a murderer. If he's repented, I don't bring it up. I don't embarrass them. Believe it or not, angels, just like any other man, can feel embarrassed. I don't embarrass them. They've repented. And over and over again, I might have to do this forever and ever in every universe God made. And it makes me angry that I have to do it again and again. Because I can't rely on the angels for almost anything. So when we die, it's important that we say to God, God, I can't save myself. God, save me. God, send a righteous angel to take me to heaven. God, take me to heaven. Please, God, God, help. Because if you don't say that over and over again, it could be that an evil angel takes you instead. If you find yourself strapped to a table, whether you're a man or a woman or a child, being violently raped and beaten, and then they pull out a knife after you were placed in the back of a U-Haul van or some sort of weird moving van or utility van or a white van and being brought to a basement. Say, God help. God's name is Melchizedek. That's his secret hidden name. Don't say it at any other time or he might strike you down dead. It's forbidden. There's only two times you can say it. One is when you know how to praise his name and you don't. Not even the angels know how to do this. And the other time is when you're in dire need and you're about to die. And you say, God save me. And you say his name, Melchizedek. Save me. Don't think you can deceive God. And don't think you're all alone. If you say, Melchizedek, save me. He might save you that, that moment. So, I don't know if um, this is the way God would choose for me to say it, but this is how I think about it now. You might think, when does God tell you to do this? And my answer is never. When I see evil, I try to do something about it. I've tried to stop evil in the earth, but God doesn't allow it. Maybe in the future, he'll do something about it. Maybe he'll allow me to do something. In about 75 years, he'll do something really fucking big about evil. It will be eliminated predominantly in the earth. It's called the day of the Lord. It'll happen. Just think of the day of the Lord as a day when evil and wickedness is like fucking eliminated. Um, he doesn't tell me what to do. I just fucking do it. I have to invent a way sometimes. It's never been done. 
And a lot of it's, you know, spiritual stuff. Now, in the world, the physical stuff, it's better that we learn peace. And when we learn the ways of peace, then, then there's a lot less death. So I'll give you an example. Not only would there be less wars in shape, but one way to solve problems is to kill someone. So if there's murderers, it's probably better that they're killed. Rapists, it's better that they're killed. Child molesters, human traffickers, it's better that they're killed. Men that lie with men as they lie with womankind, it's better if they're killed. And then once that's all put to an end, it's way better. But another way is that we choose to not be murderers and not to be rapists. It's better that men choose not to lie with a man. It's better that we choose not to be human traffickers. And so a lot of it can be done with talking, but eventually there's going to be violence. And it's better that the righteous live and the wicked die. And once you understand that, fulfilling the law in the earth gets real clear. You see a man that committed murder and he was just caught murdering someone, you just fucking stick a sword in his heart and put his body in a hole on the ground and then just walk away from it. Done. Fucking an easy cleanup. It's all done. And then it's better. There's one less murderer. And a day might come. If we did this, there'd be no murderers in the earth. No rapists, no child molesters, no human traffickers, no witches, no sorcerers, no men that lie with men. The witches are the ones that do um, the weird shit like uh, raping a little girl and cutting her bone out of her flesh while she's alive. Uh, sorcery, I don't think anyone does sorcery anymore. It might come back later. I don't think anyone knows how to do it. But witchcraft isn't just like men who uh, or women that wear pointy hats. It's not like Eye of Newt and shit like that at all, as far as I know. I think it's entirely... See, I think all that Eye of Newt bullshit from movies is just to make it so no one learned witchcraft. If I tell you how to do what witchcraft is, some of you might try to figure it out and do it. It's a sin worthy of death. So if I, I catch you doing it personally, I'll put you down like a dog. I'll cut you down like grass with a fucking legendary ferocity and without mercy. But the angels, they don't obey God. So I think what happens is this. I think the best way for me to explain it, even if God doesn't like it, is this. If you were God, would you want to sit on a throne in heaven and all day, every day, tell angels and men in the earth, go fulfill the law. There is a murderer. Put a sword in his heart. And then the next day, go do it again. I mean, in this universe alone, there's more than 8 million worlds with men and women on them. And there's a bunch of angels. I mean, would you want to do that forever and ever? Eventually, wouldn't you expect the angels to learn? Okay, you saw a murderer. Put a sword in his heart. I mean, wouldn't you want them to eventually learn how to do this on their own? Like children. We might expect a, a young man to act at least mostly like a man by the time he's 20 or 25 years old at least by the time he's 30. These angels, many are 6,138 years old and they haven't seemed to figure it out yet. If they see murderer, murderers or rapists, they should know by now you put a sword in their heart and there's one less and you keep doing it until there's none. Even Mahalalil, one of the most legendary angels who ever lived, who thrust through many evil and wicked men, even Mahalalil, king of the universe among the angels in the heavens, not the earth, just the heavens, 
Mahalalil, can't figure this out. Not much of a king if he can't be trusted to do what's just and right and good. Not much of a king if he makes deals with the devil. And he thinks peace is when you make a deal with your enemy so that there's some wickedness and some righteousness, some evil and some good. He thinks you need both to have peace. That's not true. Go find the evil men, put a sword in them, problem solved. It's that easy. It's happened over and over again among the angels. And it can happen in the earth. But unfortunately, many of you won't do it. Let me explain this to you how it would work in countries like the United States of America. If you knew a man that was a rapist or a murderer, maybe he went to prison and was freed, you could just walk over with a sword and put a sword in him. Now, in many places in the United States, it's illegal to own a sword. But who cares? Go someplace where you can buy one and then walk across the street and put a sword in your neighbor who's a murderer. Then go to the next one where he's a rapist. Go to those men that fuck each other in the ass. Put a sword in them too. And then the police might come. Put a sword in them. And you might be taken to the jail or something. But if there's enough men with swords, then those wicked police will fall dead. And there's some among them that are just a little bit fearful. And they might say, you know what? I just saw five evil police officers die. I've watched those men for the last 10 years. They've done more evil and wicked shit than I could even list. They break the law every day. They arrest people that didn't uh, break the law. And they let evil and wicked men go free. You know what? And they're dead. And I'm not going to miss them at all. In fact, I'm going to help. And that police officer might draw his Glock 9 and start putting bullets where they belong. In the heads and in the hearts of evil men. Pretty soon, the whole law would be fulfilled in the United States. And the government might say, we're sending in the military. And they'd be purged of evil and wicked men. Some of them that were Christians or God-fearing or just men that like to do what's right. They don't give a fuck about your religious views. But they know God's real. They know that murder's wrong. They might cut down evil and wicked men. It's not their brother. It's not their fellow soldier. He's an evil and wicked man. He's a betrayer. And pretty soon the whole government might say, oh fuck, the law would be fulfilled in the earth and there'd be no evil or wicked men. This could be done in several days in the whole earth. If all of you that had two nuts between your legs grabbed a goddamn sword and knew where to put it. I know where the sword goes, between the ribs, right through the heart. And then you might say, wow, that was a pretty bloody three days. And after that, you might say, wow, it's really pleasant to be in the earth today. On the fourth day, you might say, wow, this is great. I'm enjoying this, it's perfect. Suddenly life might be happy. Those of you that are like, what is the meaning of life? You might suddenly realize, wow, life has meaning. When all the wicked and evil men are dead, I don't have to act like a fucking weirdo all day. I don't have to fear the police. I don't have to fear going to a third world nation. I don't have to fear driving in the United States. If we did it according to God's law, there'd be no red light cameras, no traffic courts. Fuck, there might not even be any taxes. And after we thrust through everyone that committed a sin worthy of death, murderers, rapists, you might say, well, we got most of them, but there's some that do still do this human trafficking shit. They'd be real easy to catch. Why? They're the only ones breaking the law regarding murder and rape. Eventually you might find them and they might die.
and the whole thing might come to a quick and sudden end. Thousands of years of evil gone in a few days. Easy. And then the other criminals, like the government employees that steal, they get the rod. They lie on their belly and you fucking smack them on the back with the rod. And pretty soon there's no thieves. At least not as many. Or better said, or differently, they're still thieves. They're just not stealing as often because they don't want to get fucking smacked with a rod 15 times every time and publicly humiliated. So long story short, after we die, the reason why the angels fuck with us is because there's no one to stop them. They can't stop themselves. They have no self-control. They're like little children. And I find myself talking to them like I'm their mother. There's no one to do what's right because the angels are fearful. They're afraid. I'm, someone might not approve of my just and righteous actions. The angels are supposed to be so fast, so strong, so skilled with the sword, so righteous, so obedient to God that when there's a murderer, they just go right there. They can cross the whole universe in about six seconds. And then they can stick that sword in that other man's chest in about three microseconds. And these angels are somehow fucking afraid that something bad will happen to them. What a bunch of sniveling, confused children. So I explain this to them over and over again. And yes, they're so fast, they could draw their sword and thrust another man through in about three microseconds. Microseconds. Which is a three thousandths of a second. Not three hundredths. In addition, There's no one to help us when we die. Men and women that are imprisoned in bone magic. Have no one to help them but me. Occasionally God helps them if they cry out to God. They don't always. <laughs> but when we die our bones are in the dirt a wicked man could come along and dig up our grave take our bones out and if we're a spirit there's nothing we can do about it we can't grab him we can't grab the shovel it's a physical object we're a spirit we're helpless and they might dig up our fucking bones and try to imprison us in bone magic even when our spirit's in heaven if we don't put an end to these fucking murderous weirdos that do human trafficking with a fucking legendary ferocity and a merciless cruelty until they're all dead, it might be that your mother or your father, your grandmother or your grandfather is suddenly imprisoned in bone magic after someone dug up the bones in their grave. And maybe many of you need to see this happen a thousand times before you finally have the balls to do something about it. To go find a white man that goes to a warehouse or a house in the middle of nowhere and unloads 15 people with gags so they can't talk and cry out for help, whose hands are tied or not, and forces them at the point of a gun into a basement, in a building, in a basement, so they can be one at a time raped violently and murdered, whether they're men, women, or children. And bone magic, what happens after 
might be even worse than the violent rape and murder. I say bone magic is the worst possible fate you can ever imagine. <laughs> Sorry, something funny happened. I shouldn't have laughed on the podcast. I was supposed to be all serious. Now, not everyone can figure this out. So if you're ever a spirit, if you've died, you're a spirit, you've gone to heaven or something, and now someone's attacking you with a, a sword, there are, occasionally men and women can make like a spirit sword. I know it sounds weird, but just hear me out. Think about it. What you do is you say, okay, I'm about to be fucking attacked with a spirit sword. I can ask God to save me. I can be stubborn and defiant and refuse to say, God, save me. Or I can say, God, you know, I would like to fight back. I don't want to be weak. I'm not cowardly. I might be afraid. I don't know how to use it, but I'd rather fight back. I don't want to give up and die. God, can I fight back? If so, how? Tell God you want to be a fucking warrior. Tell him you want to prevail against the enemy. Tell him you're not weak. Say, God, I'm not weak, but I don't have a weapon. How can I defeat the enemy? God, I don't know how to use a weapon. Will you teach me? God, I don't know what to do. But I'm not a fucking sniveling coward. If you have the nuts to say it, maybe God will give you a fucking spirit sword. And maybe you can cut that motherfucker down after God tells you exactly what to do. Now, sword fighting is uh, uh, interesting. There's a lot of moves parries and blocks and stuff so if you don't know how to use a sword what god might do is just tell you do this hold the sword vertically and move it to the left and all of a sudden you're like whoa fuck i just blocked the sword then he might say move the tip of the sword down and then to the right and you might say wow that's a parry you might have just learned to block and a parry and successfully defended yourself then you might say switch hands put it in the right hand and thrust that motherfucker through as hard as you can straight through their heart but if you think to yourself i'm defiant i'm gonna try it a different way I'll block to the right. You might get your fucking arm cut off. You might say, well, instead of paring down, what I'll do is I'll just hold it here. Then they might fucking cut you in the leg or the dick or the pussy with a sword. And you might say, instead of thrusting them through, I'll try to cut their head off. Well, they might lift their sword and fucking cut your belly open. And now you're getting fucking butchered. If you don't obey God, you're probably going to get cut the fuck down like an idiot. And then later you might say, God didn't help me. And now you're a false accuser. When you don't obey God and things don't go well for you, that's because you're a fucking idiot. You don't know jack shit about sword fighting and he made sword fighting. He knows everything about it. He just told you how to win. And now you're going to say it's God's fault you didn't win. You're fucking stupid people. So in the God forsaken universe, you might find that there is incredible ignorance and stupidity among many of God's children. He might tell them how to win and they choose to lose. He might tell them how to live and they choose to die. He might tell them how to not get hurt and they choose to get cut up to get their arm cut off. And then they choose to blame God for their dumb choices. Welcome to the earth, heaven, and the heavens and every world.